Welcome to the Pentecost Podcast. I am your host, Ewan Ebsworth. The Pentecost Podcast is a podcast dedicated to exploring Pentecostal theology and history. If you're a Pentecostal who is passionate about theology, or a Christian who is open but cautious to the gifts of the Spirit, or someone discovering Pentecostalism for the first time, then join me in exploring Pentecostal theology and history through this podcast. This week, we come to a source of theology that may not be typically associated with Pentecostalism. Tradition. Pentecostalism is often thought of as standing outside of or in opposition to traditional forms of Christianity. Pentecostal revivalism would suggest that the present work of the Holy Spirit takes priority and primacy over past movements. Pentecostal churches tend to have a less hierarchical and much weaker church governance than more institutional forms of Christianity, whether Roman Catholic, Eastern Orthodox or Protestant. So in what sense can we speak of a Pentecostal theology of tradition? Well here the chapter makes a very helpful observation. Quote, tradition presupposes a stable community with a history and the history of any community is the accumulation of its collective memory expressed in its core beliefs, shared values, stories and practices. End quote. By this definition, Pentecostalism does have a tradition as it has a history and has accumulated memories, doctrines, values, stories, and practices. The chapter goes on, quote, For the healthy development of any community, two ongoing activities are always evident, retrieval and updating of its fundamental agreements. If these fundamental agreements are lost or radically altered, the community loses its distinctive identity, end quote. And here is where the chapter strives to make some helpful contributions to developing a more robust and conscientious effort at both activities, namely retrieval and updating, for the purpose of establishing a Pentecostal tradition. The chapter highlights certain historical core beliefs common to early Pentecostals, namely spirit baptism, tongues and initial evidence, as central to Pentecostals' distinctive identity. It says that these core beliefs were supported experientially by Pentecostals and thus form what is described as the census fidelium, which is defined as, quote, consensual orthodoxy implicit in the shared experience of the faithful, both the laity and the leaders, end quote. If I have understood correctly, this census fidelium is basically what makes up the defining and unifying doctrine that gives any Christian movement or tradition its characteristic hallmark. Within the context of Pentecostalism, theological retrieval means returning to and defending these core beliefs. In order to do this, the chapter posits that theologians need to take seriously their responsibility to give articulation to, as well as stewardship, of the census fidelium. This also includes taking a more holistic approach to formulating its doctrines besides the approach of biblical theology and incorporating a more canonical approach to theology going beyond key texts that locate spirit baptism in the context of salvation history and consider systematic as well as historical theology. In doing historical theology, Pentecostals should draw 
from the larger Christian tradition. Rather than Pentecostalism going in search of a tradition, the chapter argues that it is in danger of losing its traditional beliefs due to external influences from the growth of the charismatic movement, which has even led to the hyphenated Pentecostal charismatic label becoming more popularized, as well as the influence of American evangelicalism, as we have seen in previous episodes. Indeed, the line between Pentecostal and charismatic was incredibly blurred in my mind before I began reading Pentecostal theology. For many non-Pentecostals and charismatics, these two strands of Christianity are thought of almost interchangeably and even synonymously. Only recently have I begun to understand the nuances between them. The chapter does have hope that this theological retrieval is beginning to happen. Besides spirit baptism, tongues and initial evidence, other early Pentecostal core beliefs are being retrieved. It mentions the work of Chris Green and his research into early Pentecostal periodicals on the sacraments, which found extraordinarily rich evidence of a high sacramentology among early Pentecostals. The first generation of Pentecostals, being inheritors of the Wesleyan holiness and Anglican church traditions, held to a very high view of the Lord's Supper and baptism, and even included the laying on of hands and foot washing as additional sacraments. It wasn't until the middle of the 20th century that Pentecostals in the West began adopting evangelical convictions about a more memorialist view of the Lord's Supper, for example. Indeed, I have read Chris Green's book, and it was this very discovery that drew me deeper into exploring Pentecostal theology and into starting this podcast. Other doctrines Pentecostal theologians are recovering as an outworking of Pentecostal sacramentology are incarnational theology and the mystical union between Christ and the Church. Drawing this overview and summary of Pentecostalism's relationship to tradition together, what have I learned? Well, it would seem that we are at a point within the history of Pentecostalism whereby theologians are beginning to take the work of quote-unquote traditioning Pentecostal theology seriously, and much work is being done in the area of retrieval and updating. I am excited by these developments and eager to learn more. This emphasis on recovering essential doctrines and core beliefs parallels my own theological journey into retrieval for renewal. My own theology has become more sacramental over the years, especially with regard to the Lord's Supper and holding to a real presence view of the Supper. Pastor and apologist Dr. Gavin Ortland has a book titled Theological Retrieval for Evangelicals, which I read a couple of years ago. More and more Christians are seeking to rediscover their theological roots, whether it is in the patristic era of the Church Fathers, medieval theology, or classical Protestantism. In the chapter on why evangelicals need theological retrieval, Dr. Ortland writes, quote, Much of my overarching burden throughout the rest of this book is to further the intuition that evangelical and ancient are far from antonyms, just as Catholicity and Catholicism are less than synonyms. As Swan and Allen put it, we can and should pursue Catholicity on Protestant principles. End quote. In much the same vein, I am seeking through this podcast to discover and practice Catholicity on Pentecostal principles. Placing Pentecostal theology within the larger Christian tradition and church history is something I am supportive of and look forward to exploring further in future podcasts. 
recovering the sensus fidelium in relation to the core beliefs of spirit baptism, tongues and initial evidence is also something I think important to preserve Pentecostal identity. Indeed, based on the Reformation motto of Semper Reformanda, meaning the church reformed and always reforming in accordance with the word of God, I believe Pentecostalism has rediscovered the biblical doctrine of spirit baptism and should defend it. One quote from the chapter epitomizes for me the healthy and biblical place of tradition within any church community or movement. Quote, The church in all its visible authority structures and its gifts is the dwelling of the spirit. But the church does not control the spirit. Rather, it is the spirit who controls the church. End quote. By locating the dwelling of the spirit in the visible institution of the church, some Christian traditions have erred by mistakenly attempting to control the spirit. You could call this colloquially gatekeeping. However, it is the spirit who controls the church. If Pentecostals can get this right, then it will develop appropriate authority structures, liturgy, and church governance while allowing for the leading, directing, and prophetic movement of the Holy Spirit within the life, ministry, and mission of the church. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Please subscribe for more episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts and help by sharing this podcast with your church, family, and friends. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I'll catch you in the next one.